InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. It's an old story, the wage gap between men and women. But one expert says the wage gap is tied to parenting roles, not gender. And she offers tips for women who want to get ahead. With that interview, here's InfoTrack's Taryn McCall. Taryn? Thanks, Chris. Despite some high-profile female executives at the top levels of corporate America, it's still very much a man's world in the Fortune 500. Corporate anthropologist Rachel Bondi has spent a career in top executive positions and says including men is essential in the furthering of women's equality. What exactly is a corporate anthropologist? Well, a corporate anthropologist is an anthropologist that works within corporate cultures instead of foreign cultures. So basically what I'm hired to do is go in and take a look at how the corporate culture is running and where it could be improved to make business more effective. So you look at corporate structures today and it's evident that it's still pretty much a man's world. What percentage of men versus women are in the boardrooms? Well, as far as the Fortune 500, it's 99% of all CEOs are male and 87% of corporate boards are male. Do you feel male executives are trying to enforce a glass ceiling or limit the percentage of women at the top levels? No, what you tend to see is actually two different societies of business. There are businesses that men tend to dominate and there are businesses that women tend to dominate. For example, even in the list of the most wealthy women in America, the Forbes lists, out of 49 women that are on there, only two of them are self-made, and that's Martha Stewart and Oprah. And they made their money within businesses by women for women, which is very common. It's very common to look at the list, for example, Vera Wang is designing fashions for women. And you see over and over again these businesses where women went into them and they're doing something for women or children. Do they have a difficult time working in male-dominated structures? I think some women have difficulty with men. I don't think that that's really the problem. My association deals with two issues, and that's the leadership gap and the wage gap. The problem is, for the most part, for example, with the wage gap, that women are having children and corporations aren't ready to accommodate that. There's been a lot of debate in the last few years about whether it's more advisable for women who want children to have them early in their career or later. What's your take on that? Well, my belief is statistical. It comes from the Bureau of Labor Statistics and the Census. The wage gap emerges when women have children. And for each child that a woman has, they lose about 2 to 2.5% two of their earning ability and while each man has a child, his salary actually goes up. I don't know exactly what the cause of that is. In fact, nobody knows what the exact cause is. It's a correlation at this point. But we do know that people are advised very often not to have children if they're women in order to succeed. The unencumbered women are the ones who tend to rise higher in the corporation, and it's by no means equal. We're not asking men not to have kids in order to succeed. Do you feel the feminist movement has served women well within the corporate world? I think that feminism has failed women in three ways. One, it really alienates men as allies. And we don't want to do that because, especially in the business world, it is dominated by men. And so you don't want to go in and alienate half of the people that you're working with. The other problem with feminism is that it really stresses women's independence and men's independence, and there's really an interdependence between the genders. 
The third problem I have with it is that the reproductive rights that feminism focuses on have to do with pregnancy, not child raising. In other words, it's very common to have a feminist discussion around abortion or something that has to do with controlling not having kids instead of addressing issues that have to do with, well, geez, now we've had them. There's a statistic that says that by age 40, 90% of women have at least one child. And that's just not reflected in what goes on as far as pregnancy rights at work versus when you return to work, how are you protected? Would you read over and over again our books about how women need to change? Very successful books. And they go through exactly what you need to do, how you need to dress, what you need to do, how you need to say it. But that isn't really what the issue is. When it comes down to it, you can be doing all of those things very correctly, and you still have a group of guys in charge who don't understand how you can help them. And that's why we've identified the 10 types of guys who are interested in helping women and why. And we're also identifying the personal benefits and the business benefits to men to hire and promote women. Is it still kind of a a narrow rope to walk, though, if the men are not keyed into those boundaries and those relationships? The, The woman might very well know that she's got to have a mentor, not a friendship, not a relationship, not a dating relationship, but the males might not be picking up on those cues. Well, of course. There are plenty of guys in business that don't understand women outside of their relationships. And in fact, a lot of the ways that they treat women at work are based on their own personal relationships and what they experienced in their dating or marrying women. And then they go in and they push those stereotypes onto others. But that's not really who we focus on. What we try to do is find and identify the men within the company that are willing to help women and be able to look at them as somebody who could be considered an equal appearance or a leader in that company. For example, the economic guy. Economics are what drives business. If you take a look at the companies that have women in leadership, according to a catalyst study, they're as much as 36% more profitable than companies without women as leaders. That's an economic reason. That's exciting. Another reason for the economic man might be he's in an industry that has an increasing market share of women. And he's not sure how to serve those women. He hires and promotes a woman, for example, the travel industry right now. More purchases are being done by women than men. He may want to hire women in order to increase his bottom line. There's the project guy. He may hire women because they happen to have a specific skill set that meet exactly what he needs to complete a project. And so he's not going to look at it as this is a man This is a woman. I'm just hiring somebody because they're really good at what they do, and that's what I need to accomplish the job. On the other hand, there are men there who are like the extra father. They've recently had kids. They've been raising daughters for a while, maybe, and they're concerned about workplace issues because it hits very close to home for them. Their wife, their daughters, they're going to work, and they don't want them to have to work in environments that are hostile to them. So they try to take you and mentor you and contribute to your career because of very personal reasons. Are you finding that women executives are more protective of what they have, or are they willing to pull someone else up, give somebody else a helping hand? 
There are two schools on that. I was speaking with Gail Evans, who also wrote a book called She Wins, You Win, and her entire philosophy is that the women who are in leadership positions need to reach out and mentor other women because every time another woman is able to succeed, all women succeed. The reason she wrote that book is because she wasn't seeing that happen. The philosophy, again, behind a lot of these books is that, well, of course men are still in charge, and therefore women need to act certain ways. In the case of mentoring other women, it's often not in the best interest of women who have gotten in charge to mentor other women because it puts them in a competitive position with other women. There just are very few spots available for women right now, and so it kind of causes a conflict for them, a personal conflict. You know, they got into the position that they're in because the men trusted them. And if they begin saying that they need to hire more women into those positions, it makes them appear sometimes to be less trustworthy to those men who have given them that position in the first place. Rachel Bondi, thanks for being with us today on InfoTrack. Your book and your company is Earning Power? That's right. The book is Men Matter, and we can also be found at menmatter.com. Thank you so much for being with us today on InfoTrack. Thank you. I'm Taryn McCall for InfoTrack. Next, an expert has inside tips to avoid getting ripped off when you take your car to a mechanic. Fasten your seatbelt. That's coming right up. InfoTrack will be back right after this.